I'm ready to talk Shyamalan. Shyamalan, ding dong. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Brian Gill, what is the movie of the week? This week's movie of the week, thanks to the listener, is M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. Still dealing with this guy, huh? Okay. He's still, still around. 16 still years after movies. Still doing great movies, obviously. Maybe not for long. Uh, he, he might not be around for long. Well, I said that after Earth, and I said that after After Earth, rather. And I said that after The Last Airbender. Um, I said that after Lady in the Water. And I said that after The Happening. So, uh, a trend. I I'm excited to talk about this. Seeing a trend. Me too. He's, he's a I'm not excited that I had to see this movie, but I'm, I'm excited to talk Shyamalan. We have not ever talked a Shyamalan film. Right. Because we did not start this podcast. We didn't in, do The Sixth Sense last year, which we could right. have for 15 years, but I think we chose The Matrix. Yeah. And, and we, uh, it, Brian and I should be noted Saul after Earth for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but she then Ted big time us and was like, uh, I didn't get around to it. We just won't do it. But we'll get him back. We're waiting for. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm waiting for just the right movie for make that Brian and I are gonna make Kent go see it. They'd be like, "Oh, sorry, we didn't see it." Thought about doing it with the uh, with Fantastic Four, but uh, I I didn't. Yeah, you still that haven't done that. A cultural right. moment, though. You still haven't got me back for that. I know. I I think about it every once in a while, but it's always like the bad movies tend to be our best episodes. Yeah. So it's got to. So I always feel bad for. I want to be informed on when I'm gonna crap all over something. <laughs> so. At least on the first 20 minutes. Right. So I'm waiting for a movie that no one will care that we don't podcast that obviously sucks. And I'm just going to big time you on it. And so is Brian. I'm going to get him to do it with me. Yep. Can't wait. It's, it's, it's not, not fair you, because then it's, it's two against one we, and not one. Yeah, until we get on the episode. And well, we Brian, what were your general thoughts? Well, I didn't well, see it. How about you, Richard? Didn't see it either. No, can't. Okay. <laughs> be like, all right, guess there's no episode this week, guys. Movie news, yes. rumors, and rumbling. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. Looking at the show notes here, fellas, for movie news, I'm looking at the first topic, and it says Mary Poppins 2, Judgment Day. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm a I added curious the as to what this could be. <laughs> I added the Judgment Day. Oh, okay. Um, but they Dang. are making a live-action sequel to Mary Poppins. And it's Rob Marshall directing. Well, so it'll uh, be great. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> and so, because it's Disney, just has to keep remaking all all the all the stuff. They're gonna get all bukus of money. You, can, you know, artistically, it's a decision. Do we really need another Mary Poppins? Considering the first one, kids still love that movie. But uh, the answer is there's money to be made. So, right. Look for Mary Poppins Two Judgment Day heading to the <laughs> theater near you soon. I was hoping it would be uh, Mary Poppins 2 Electric Boogaloo, but yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> I'm pumped for, hopefully Dick Van Dyke's still kicking. <laughs> cameo, Van Dyke cameo. Are there any rumors of to who is going to be in the cast? Anything like that? Anne it's got to be in Hathaway, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I saw earlier today. Oh, oh really? Gosh. Yeah, it's oh, not no. a joke. Yeah, that's a that I does mean, it, that is the best punchline, but it is also true. So yes, it's weird that she's doing full frontal in it, but you know she's a. <laughs> so it's set twenty years later. I don't understand who does she play then. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I want to know. Well, I want to figure this out. Um, is she Lysol? That's not a music. Um, I don't know that. 
It's Who 20 cares? years earlier or 20 years later? 20 years after, I believe. What? It's, it's, it's got to be some 20 years since no one I've knows. seen Mary Poppins. So I'm going to have to look that up because I don't even I like, remember. Mary Poppins was my favorite movie for the first five or six years of my life. It's pretty I like awesome. the Penguins. I was always Yeah, big fun. fan. They go into the chalk drawings. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, Dick Van Dyke's terrible accent, even as like three-year-old, was right. like, well, that's funny. <laughs> that's, yeah. That can't be right. It's like that's Conan O'Brien's bit. <laughs> yeah. That's offending someone. Um, so is it Disney that's producing this? Yeah, it's a new. It's going to be just like Cinderella and all those other live action Disney. Okay, straight cash, homie. That's that should be that should be the the subtitle. Mary Poppins two colon <laughs> straight cash, homie. To quote like Randy it. Moss. I like it. Speaking of those live action Disney movies, did you see the Jungle Book trailer? You had a good chance to watch. Which one is it? The Favreau or the, uh, the Circus? Fa- the Favreau. Favreau. I'll have to check it out. Is it is it awesome? Just came out today. Brian, have you seen it? I didn't get a chance today. Been running. Okay, then we'll, we'll wait to talk about it. But do Jungle watch Book, that. one of my Homework. two or three favorite Disney movies of all time, though. So Okay, sweet. Yeah, it's the Favreau so, one. So, uh, Brian, why don't you go with our next story, then I'll do one after that. It's, it's like I said, this is... Okay, sure. When we're, going Mary, when we're leading with Mary Poppins 2, it's, uh, it's rough. So, let's... <laughs> yeah. The, the next item on our agenda is the long-awaited Akira... Uh, live action film may possibly be directed by one Christopher Nolan. And I've also, never seen Akira. I'm assuming Kent has. Kent, have you seen Akira? It I have like rally. not seen Akira, Whoa. but I'm aware of its influence. And, and apparently it's a trilogy too, by the way. Brian. Yeah, I saw that as well today. So there's some speculation. I studied some scenes uh, of it like in film school and things, but never like in its entirety okay. or anything like sure. that. But I thought Akira was the same thing M. Night Shyamalan did a few years. The airbender thing. <laughs> it's a, it's highly influenced by Akira. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I there's a, a light speculation that this may be his surprise movie of 2017, which is slated for like June June 20th or something like that. 2017, nobody knows what the project is. I think that's a little off base. I I I'm imagining that uh, if he was doing a a big trilogy esque property like this, we it would not be a surprise two years out or a year and a half out. So. But uh, anyway, the, the rumor mill is, is, is saying that he's involved somehow in the Akira trilogy. I just know Ken Watanabe is somewhere high-fiving a million Right, angels. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just, I did it. <laughs> Paychecks, baby. Oh, man, that was funny. <laughs> Especially Chris Nolan at the home. That's, exactly. it's That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. He's fired up. Like, he, got, he was strolling through a, some movie news website, just started. <laughs> he just bought a car, just was like, I did it. <laughs> We have a villain for the War of the Planet of the Apes. Right. A human villain. I suppose he'll side with the apes or something. I don't know. This is uh, just further proof that it should have been Dawn of the Planet of the Apes first, then Rise, <laughs> and then War. Because Dawn yeah. is the middle one, and that makes no sense, <laughs> yeah, guys. I, I think they should this. just keep adding them all together. So this, the second one should have been... Dawn of the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, mm. and this one should be War for the Dawn of the Rise, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yes, that, that we just keep going from there. Yeah, I, I, I like in. it. So it's uh, it's it's Woody Harrelson. What a American Treasure, Woody Harrelson, original inductee, American. Oh, that's treasure. true. He's he was a uh, yeah, first ballot, first round, actually. Yeah, he yeah. was part of our flagship cast. Oh wow, that's kind of interesting. It's it's interesting that he can find time away from now. You see me to break off and do these little <laughs> indie projects. Well, it's a crossover, kid. So <laughs> the four horsemen come in at the end of 
<laughs> the trilogy of the planet of the apes. Well, who else is going to fight the apes? Yeah. Mark Ruffalo was the ape the whole time. <laughs> we need a countdown on the website for Now You See Me Too. I feel like there needs to happen. You do, yeah. What's the release date? Is it June next year? You know, we're less than, we're like nine months away from... Oh my gosh. All right. Which well, means a trailer should be coming. I'm going to go camp soon. out. By the way, we've got to start calling it by its real name, which is, of course, Now You See Me, the second act. <laughs> Let's well, stop I, calling I, it now. You stop disparaging it with Now okay, You See sorry. Me too. The subtitle be, not be Now You Don't shows how stupid they are. Did you guys know who's directing? Yeah, now it's, John, it's John Chu. Okay. Uh, maybe I'd, for, I'd blocked that out. There's a lot of doves. Okay, sweet. A lot I'm of really dumb. excited. We yeah. love G.I. Joe Retaliation, so it's going to be a great <laughs> And all the step-up movies. Yes. Uh, yeah, June June 10th, guys. We're right on, oh, right on your step. Might, we we're going to do... come off that Star Wars high and head yeah. directly into Now You See Me. This We've got to do an Almo Draft House live show for it. We really do. Yeah. How we, long? We really need to do the commentary track. We've said that 100,000 times. We need to figure out a way to make it work. I think the listener demands it. You guys come on over whenever. We can record it here. You're more than welcome. We know you have the Blu-ray, Richard. Ready to go. <laughs> well, always in, well, always in the to, player, just in case. Well, I'll have to take it out of the frame. Okay. But yeah. I guess I That's true. I currently have two unopened copies of it because they were for sale for $5 at Target, and I bought them so that we can send them to uh, listeners who donate money and things oh, like right. that. That's right. We autographed that one, right? Yeah, and we did. We sent it to uh, Ariel. Shout out to, to Ariel Rada, by the way. I listened to your podcast. I like it, dude. It was good. Um, so I've got a couple of them sitting there and I'm currently trying to sell my house and I just, every time we have a showing, I hide them so that no one sees them sitting on my shelf because I don't want them to be like, why does this guy have two copies of this movie and why are they both on <laughs> That's like my one, my one friend who had two copies of Eagle Eye on Blu-ray, just, <laughs> just in case. You never you, know. Just in I case you lose that. the one, you have I, the other. I took a picture of that friend of mine where, what did he have? It was like. A poor collection, but he had two of. It was something like Eagle Eye that was was so bad because <laughs> you can never be too sure. But hey, Brian, speaking of, you actually did a great segue. Yeah. And uh, by the way, guys, you're really gonna dig what we have planned for Star Wars. We've got some <laughs> yes. cool stuff planned. That yeah. all I'm gonna say is block out your week. Yeah. Because yeah. there's gonna be. Some we had content. a few people this last week that that emailed or tweeted at us asking us to do a throwback on Star Wars. Don't you worry. It th- these things are coming. Don't 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 worry. Yeah, and a lot of good, a lot of good response from the uh, Mad About Movies fans last week uh, in voting on the movie of the week, which was the yeah. visit. We got a lot Curse of requests, of and I wanted to. And we we do tweet a lot or tweet fun things, so it is worth following us. We do yeah. extend the conversation to Twitter after the show, but I tweeted that we got requests for a Dark Knight trilogy episode. We've gotten that a few times in the past. We're going to do that towards yeah. the beginning of next year, maybe. Maybe the first episode after our year-end wrap-up or something yeah. like that in January, February, where there's nothing really to see that's worth it. Right. And uh, and we sure need to have there's that. a Paul Blart next February. We can oh, absolutely. We have a guest. The uh, the Shane Man wants to come on. Yeah. For that one. Sweet. We'll do some. We'll get some Shane Batman thoughts. Uh, he's going to talk like this. That's for you, Shane. <laughs> Just screaming in the microphone. Uh, but uh, yeah, follow us and Kent. Where if I were to follow us on Twitter, where would I follow us? It's MAM underscore podcast yeah, on is. the Twitter. Or so you can look at Facebook, look up Mad About Movies Podcast on Facebook. We're on there as well. Uh we'll post the episodes and everything there and on Twitter. And uh make sure you check out our live journal page, which is really where the 
where the heart of the subject matter. It's where the is money's like. made, actually. Yeah, it's like most of the traffic comes from there <laughs> nowadays. No, but uh, yeah, hit us up, and we have individual twitters on there that you can find. We'll give at the end of the episode. But uh, always feel free to engage us. It makes my day sometimes. Some of the emails yeah. we get and some of the conversations we get to have. So, so uh, feel free to reach out. We're we're pumped. We mentioned Star Wars, and you mentioned having to come down off our high of Star Wars next June, Brian. Yeah, uh, but not quite because we're heading right into the next one. Yeah, it arose an interesting question in my brain, though. How long do you think The Force Awakens will be in the theater mm-hmm. making um, decent money? I think it, it could extend that long. I'm not even kidding. No, I think there's a chance that it's still in theaters come May. I haven't looked too deep at like the early summer movie calendar next year, so that, that would play into it some, but I think... By the time Batman and Superman comes, you could definitely still see Star Wars in the theater instead of seeing Batman. Oh, absolutely. That'll give me something to go to when I walk out. I mean, we were in August of 2010, and we were still seeing Avatar in the theaters. I remember that specifically. We were at the end of the summer, and and Avatar was still being played in 3D in theaters. So here's So that was almost a year later. I mean, it was four months removed from a year later. So, I mean, it could be. So here's some early... uh, some early uh, releases of the summer next year. So it kicks off with Divergent Allegiant, uh, which is March 18th. I already have my ticket. Yeah. Then we have Batman v Superman Down of Justice. And, oh, Infinity, up against that little counter-programming, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2, which I thought already <laughs> happened. April, we have Barbershop 3. And then we have the big one that's going to, like, I think finally supplant or put Star Wars officially out the back burner is going to be Civil War. May right. yeah. 6th is the big one. Friday 13th, the Angry Birds movie, Neighbors 2, and then uh, Alice Through the Looking, Looking Glass, and then X-Men Apocalypse, late May. So kind of a Marvel bookend of May. I mean, I know yeah. X-Men isn't technically Marvel, but those could finally put it uh, away. Did you guys know there's another Alice in Wonderland this soon? Yeah, I'd forgotten about it, but yeah. Yeah, I know they coming. talked about it at the big Disney uh, press conference does that a couple weeks ago take anybody off when like Depp comes out as jack jack sparrow and is like well i have another movie coming out later <laughs> on but you don't need to know about it. i'm jack sparrow you know like doesn't that like hey johnny for us this is just as big and then now you see me uh june 10th can't wait hmm. gonna be yeah. interesting gonna be exciting and uh like i said it's gonna take a lot to knock star wars off the off the pedestal the Warcraft movie comes out the same time as uh, Now You See Me. So that is not going to do well. Warcraft? What? It got it got panned hard at uh at Comic-Con. Did summer. it really? Yeah, people they just had test footage, but every like winners losers list that I saw from uh from Comic-Con had Warcraft listed of just like uh what what the heck just happened? Like I don't this doesn't make any sense. It looks awful. It's a bummer cuz I think that the director Duncan Jones did yeah. a Moon is a borderline masterpiece. Yeah, that's right. I thought movie. Source Code was a pretty good uh, studio follow up. It, it's kind of a bummer that he his star may fade because he picked this one instead of you know whatever Star Trek or Godzilla or something else. You know, are we hearing Fantastic Four style rumors around this, or is this more fan fanboy? Um, I just crying? think that. It seemed like people were confused about what was even happening on the screen, and it it's that's an odd. I think that's an odd movie to make because I know there's lots of people who play World of Warcraft, but I don't 
I don't know that the timing on that is great. You know, like I don't know that there are teenagers who care about World of Warcraft, at least not like in mass. You know what I mean? Like that's that was a movie that probably came out five years ago. I don't I don't know that it's going to do so hot now. I I can say, though, that uh, uh, to Brian's point, um, the (laughs) the South Park uh, about Warcraft was nine years ago. Yeah. I just think it's kind of past its prime. That's that's all. But, oh, I think so too. But, but I it think it'll like, be big. It's it seemed like the buzz out of Comic Con was just this is this doesn't look like it's going to be good. So you know, it's test footage. The Jurassic World test footage looked uh, d- just terrible, and that ended up being you know one of the bigger movies of all time. So <laughs> you're right, uh, you're right. But there. I I'm not sure that this one's going to fall. I I, well, if I, I, was, I mean, I was talk a about man, being bad you know, timing. I think freaking having an angry birds movie in 2016 yes. is a little yeah, bad time and they're that's doing a minecraft movie in like four or five years i don't yeah. know if that is going to be yeah yeah the the, the animation time on these like really hurts them yeah because you have you have these things yeah like minecraft's you know pretty big still with kids but you're right if it doesn't come out till 2019 who cares yeah angry birds i even thought about angry birds in two years yeah Maybe they'll do a Flappy Bird movie, hopefully. <laughs> Maybe. Coming in it, 2019, it Flappy Bird like movie. It could be like an Aaron Sorkin script and like the whole dramatic like when he pulls it <laughs> off iTunes. No, but uh, yeah, I don't even know. I think uh, – I mean I, I, I don't – I'm just so – Brian's so much closer to the mind of a child. Not because of you because, because you have a child than, right. than I am. I don't even know what the, what the, the piece is now. Yeah. I mean, I work with lots of kids from first grade up to, you know, seniors in high school. And I don't know any of them that play uh, World of Warcraft. I know it's gonna tons, be rated tons, R, right? tons that play uh, Clash of Clans, you know, things yeah. like that. Like, I just don't know that it's in the zeitgeist. Like, maybe. Brian, that's a really weird Domino's you work at that hires. <laughs> I know. Look, it's uh, we, we don't don't give our location out. All right. It's, <laughs> okay, I won't. Not a good run for Toby Kebbell, no. who was no. in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes as Kolba, the uh, the villain ape, yeah. but but played Doctor Doom in Fantastic Four. He's Oops. about to be in this Ben-Hur remake that's sure to flop here at the beginning of 2016. That, that does not need to exist. Does not ever need to. Hey, we're doing a Godfather remake, but it's going to come out in January, and it's going to star no one you've ever heard of. <laughs> that's basically what they're like telling us. Oh man! And he's in Warcraft as well. So nice. Um, nice. Well, at least the Ben Hur movie is in the hands of an accomplished director, uh, Timur Bekmabubadov. Because I, oh, you know, there's no way I would ever be able to say that, but wanted an Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. I, so, hate, uh, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast as much, and I feel bad because they're Texas guys, but I don't feel as bad because they're Baylor guys. I hate wanted <laughs> so much. I totally agree. Totally agree. That is a terrible movie. Totally agree. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, 
soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right. Is there anything else? Should we move on? Yeah, we can t- we can move on. We have other little things we can touch on. But they can always be moved to next week. All right. Let's talk about the visit. I want to just talk about In Might Shyamalan for a bit before we talk specifically about this movie. Because like I said earlier, we haven't had the In Might Shyamalan conversation on the yeah. show. We haven't discussed any of his previous films. We haven't talked about his place uh, in this movie culture. I want to preface by saying that I don't want to just this to become an In Might uh, Shyamalan bash session. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like a lot of people are expecting that out of us because we joked about doing this movie uh, in the weeks past and other M. Night movies. But I want to talk about his other movies seriously and and see if he has anything worthwhile because uh, the debate is still going uh, to this day, especially this weekend after The Visit came out. And and it seems like any time an M. Night movie comes out, people always have the debate like, well, does he suck? Is he good? Is he a genius? Will we not – know what hit us, you know, in 50 years, will this, we get this, you know, type of thing. And, uh, the, the general consensus is that he's fallen off. He had a great run for about, you know, three movies right at the beginning there, mm-hmm. uh, at least commercially. And, uh, and he's fallen off and, and now he's clinging onto scraps and it's surprising that he even gets a chance to make a big, uh, budget, not big budget, but a big screen film for a studio or somebody who's willing to d- distribute his films worldwide. And uh, yeah. and it's, I think there's a place for M Night Shyamalan. I I respect the guy. I think he is a very interesting person, and he has a you know unique way of of approaching things and looking at things. And I think uh, you know he bottled up a lot of his creative energy in his early years. And uh, I think he was born to do you know the Sixth Sense and to bring that to the light and to bring us that performance from not only Haley Joel but also Bruce Willis and and uh, you know. It was lightning in a bottle at that time, and mm-hmm. uh, same with you know Tarantino and Pulp Fiction. It's like it was nobody knew what hit him, and you're like, does this change the way films are made from now on? And there was a consensus back then, at least, that horror movies would never be the same. It brings this whole new element of thriller and this dark element, and, and it took away from the horror movies that were successful at the time, like Scream and the slasher films of the of the '90s. And I know you what you did last summer and all those trendy right. horror films. And so he had a good start, and uh, I think he got a little overconfident with himself and only relied a little bit too strongly on his own instincts and not the instincts of people around him, and that came to bite him in the butt. But I'm excited to talk about uh, about the rest of Shyamalan's work, but I want to get y'all's general thoughts on Shyamalan first before we uh, before we get going here. But like I said, I, I think there's a place for Shyamalan. I don't know if it's, on, if it's with movies, you know? I don't know if it's with, uh, you know, he does a long form miniseries or something like that, that he exclusively does. Or, you know, if he has maybe he just writes things and gets other directors to direct them. I don't know where his faults really lie uh, because Mm -hmm. it seems like every movie we get something different where the faults are, are in different places. It's not consistently, Oh, well that was poorly directed. 
it's like his writing and his directing faults yeah. at different times, and it's just so inconsistent that it's hard to hard to give him advice yeah. on the thing. And uh, and I'm, I'm interested to hear your opinion, uh, Brian, I, on on Sean. I think that's part of what's so frustrating about him is that I feel like I can tell you what happened with George Lucas, um, but I I don't I don't really understand. I don't really understand why uh, M. Night has gone the way that he has. Like, is it just that he had three great ideas or, or maybe four good ideas and and that's it? And he just, you know, he'd been storing those ideas up for his entire life and and he ran out of stories? Or is it ego? Is it, um, is there some sort of, I don't know, like mental block? I have had a, you know, a joking theory for a long time that, uh, in 2004, he was uh, murdered and somebody has, has uh, taken his place and is just trying to run his name into the ground or something. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't make sense how this has happened because I'll be honest with you guys. I think his first three movies are great movies. And I think I think The Village is a pretty solid film. And I, I know there are people that have issues – uh, definitely, probably with all those movies, but definitely more with Signs and The Village. But I, I think Signs is a fantastic film, and and uh, and I was, I've always been quite taken with The Village, even though its twist ending probably didn't really live up to the the hype of that the film builds for it. Um, but I, I thought. There was there was probably a time in the early two thousands where where this guy was one of my maybe three or four favorite directors. Um, I I I I think those films are are uh, like I said I think they're great. I think The Sixth Sense is a great movie, and it's just become I don't know that it's aged well, and it's been a long time since I've seen it. But I think it just be it got so big that it became uh, too easy to make fun of in a way. Um, but I, but at the time, I mean, I probably saw that movie in theaters five or six times. Like that was definitely a film where you you see it, and then a day later you're talking about it, and one of your friends hasn't seen it, and you're like, "Dude, you've got to see this movie." And we go see it, and then you know, two days later, it's the same thing. Um, that was a huge, huge cultural moment, and for me, I mean, I was sixteen when that came out, I think. So that was one of the first real cultural moments that a film had for me you know jurassic park and star wars um and to a slightly lesser degree independence day but but sixth sense was definitely on that list and i think unbreakable is is an even better film and signs i think signs has a i think it has more to say about faith than any of these uh terrible christiany movies that come out you know, four times a year that, that as a Christian, I cannot stand, um, because they're just so poorly done and the acting is terrible and they're cheesy and all that sort of stuff. Signs has so much more to say about, uh, real genuine faith than, than any of those movies, I think. And that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've always been drawn to it in spite of the cheesy looking aliens and, um, and the, the letdown on that. Anyway, uh, it's, I don't understand how the guy who could make those films could also make The Happening and Lady in the Water and Airbender and After Earth and to a lesser extent this film. It it doesn't make sense to me and uh and that is quite a run. As good as a run as he, as he had in his first 3 or 4 movies, that's as bad as the run has been 
in the last five movies. I mean, that's just that is a terrible collection of films. And um, the happening is I think the happening is maybe one of the 10 worst movies I've ever seen. I mean, that's just a brutal, awful, awful movie that makes no sense. <laughs> um, and, and you know, is like well, I some hope sort your of... trees in your backyard <laughs> kill you, Brian. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like some sort of punishment for, for something that we've done wrong in past <laughs> lives or something. I mean, it's, it's that bad. It's a brutal, brutal film. And, um, and I, it, I don't understand it. Like I said, I, I feel like I can tell you what happened with George Lucas, I don't understand what's happened with uh, with this guy, and it's a. Now I'm curious. What do you think happened with Lucas? I think Lucas a only had a couple of good ideas, and b uh, got too. He got power hungry. He, he got he had the ability yeah, to make anything well, he wanted on a computer, yes, he and he's like fifty yes. ships, give me twenty five right. Jedi's fighting fifty aliens, and 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 had too much money to have common had more more money than common sense you know what i mean like there's nobody yeah. in the room that he was going to listen to we've we you know we've talked about the documentary in the past and you there are moments on that film where like somebody basically says well this doesn't work and george lucas just says okay but that's what we're gonna do like yeah, there's no and so uh i i think that maybe that's part of it with Shyamalan, but he doesn't have any kind of the 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 pull or the swing that uh that lucas did at least not enough to get you through through five films like this so i it's it's odd to me and i and i also think i think as bad as the happening is like i said that's like a top 10 worst movie that i've ever seen i think there's probably i think there might have been a good treatment somewhere in there like there was a good one page idea somewhere in there that just then got so convoluted and jacked up and i think lady in the water might have that as well. I have no defense. Lady in the Water is so freaking indulgent, though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. It's a t- that's a that's a very bad movie. I'm just saying on the page. Yeah. Give me a one page summary of what your movie is about. I think that there's something there, and um, it then the execution is so so bad. After Earth is terrible. Like there's just no there's nothing redeeming about it whatsoever. And Last Airbender is is the same way. At least that was based on something, but um. Anyway, it's just – it's very odd to see somebody be that good and then become this bad. And and there's – I don't have an explanation for that. And I and that part of – that may be part of why I continue to see his movies because I'm like, is he going to turn it around or was it just blind luck or did he only have three I, – I just don't – I don't know. I don't know what the – I don't know what the, the genesis of that issue is. But it's definitely a major issue. Uh, because all these movies are really genuinely bad, like twenty four percent, seventeen percent, six percent, eleven percent. I mean, that's that's Adam Sandler level. So, what are we? What happened? I like what you did there because of the happening. <laughs> I like Thanks. that. What's your, what's your? What are your Shyamalan thoughts? Yeah. So, uh, mine are. I'll just kind of abbreviate Brian's because we mirror them a lot. I uh, Unbreakable is, I think, like close to pretty. I mean, a great film. Um, Sixth Sense as as well. Uh, I'm not as hot. I actually like The Village more than Signs, Mm -hmm. which is probably anti what most people think. Um, But uh, I just, I, you, for me, um, Signs is a very good film and probably a better, definitely is a better film than The Village. But I come, if I, if I'm in the mood for Shyamalan, I want my twist ending. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and sure, sure. and that provides it more than signs so yeah that's, yeah, that's just kind of so i reckon 
I may rank Signs as a hot, better film, but to me, the visit is a or the village rather is a is a uh, is a higher Shyamalan film than Signs. So I I I totally see the merit in a lot of his what he's done, and, and Brian, I totally think those you know the films since then have been not bad, but but dreadful. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say just you know generally on this one, the thing about this one is, and it is bad, um, but. It's it's it stops that fall where they just kind of kept getting worse. Yeah, totally. And it yeah. kind of comes. It's at least like a dribble up. It's still ankle high, but it's not on the floor. <laughs> of it, you know, it ended that trend. I think with this, it kind of got back to basics a little bit. Yeah. Um. And while it's nowhere near those those top four, um, it's also nowhere near those bottom four. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a pretty paint-by-numbers, boring kind of psychological horror film, which <laughs> he should be thrilled with. <laughs> yes, yes. What he's absolutely. made <laughs> lately uh, is, is certainly uh, well, bad. So, I mean, whether it was writer's block or whatever, um, hopefully... I'd love more good M. Night Shyamalan movies. I, I, right. And I think he... You know, and he has Roger Deakins on a couple of films, which always helps, but I think he kind of knows how to shoot a lot of stuff. Like, I think he's a pretty good director, I, I worry about his writing, um, but you know. Then I said that and he, I don't think he wrote After Earth. He just directed it, and that was awful. So what? It, I mean, I've, the moral of the story is, as always, um, I'm an idiot. Well, no, I think you're right. Though this is a to to kind of bring it to this movie. I think this is a marked step up from anything that he's done in the last decade, big time. And and I think it is the right kind of movie. Like he, did you guys see Devil? The one that he produced, uh, two thousand. Yeah, it was terrible. I think that was it. It was a bad movie, but I, I don't, I don't watch very many horror movies. I happened to catch that like on a free HBO weekend or something, and the the ending still creeps me out. Like five years later, I'm still a little bit freaked out by the way that 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 ended, and I, I think that that's kind of the route that he needs to go. Like he, this trying to blend thriller with with horror that there soft horror kind of the way that he's, he did with, uh, with the sixth sense and, and the village and signs. I don't think unbreakable really is, is quite that same. Well, but, but most of his early films were that kind of blend between those two things. I think this is where he needs to go and just do full out horror movies. Like, I think that's where his, I think that's where his sensibilities lie. And I think that's where he can, in some ways, like I think he can get away with more in that genre than he can in uh, crossover hits, like he's like he keeps trying to do. Does that make sense? I, I I'm yeah. I, as a non horror guy, I there are a lot of things that I dislike about horror movies that I feel like the people who are big fans of that genre don't get as hung up on, and so I think maybe his uh, his style and his sensibilities just lend themselves to that genre more and maybe that's the direction that he needs to go just full out so this comes a time where we have to tally some votes and <laughs> I, i'm interested brian that you made it all the way through i guess you made it all the way through this horror movie i did you i don't I like texted horror at a all lot. yeah oh, I, okay. I, I covered my i sat in the top row there were two other people in my theater an xd theater for that matter which was oh, super no. fun i loved having to pay three dollars more for that because it was the only time that worked for me but uh yeah, I sat top row and just, you know, put my hand, <laughs> did the old hand over the eyes thing and uh, read an article, 
anytime I got creeped out or anything like that. So, yeah. But I did. I made it all the way through. So Couldn't let's, sleep last let's night, find but, out, yeah. Brian, how long Richard made it. Yes. It's our favorite game. We need to get we, a, uh, a theme song, Kent. We need to do. get like a bumper there. You do. Richard. Mm. We, first of all, thank you to the, the, the listeners who voted via yeah. Twitter. Lots of, of votes. Lots a lot of, of votes. lot of uh, a lot of possibilities here. Yeah, between uh, between the asking what movie we should review and then how far Richard made it into said movie, we had a ton of interaction with you guys this week. It was fun, so thanks for that. All right, Richard, how long? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and eliminate a few first. Okay. Uh, there were people that said. I would last 10 minutes. Uh-huh. Yeah. They were incorrect. Yeah. There okay. were people that said I would last the entire film. <laughs> also incorrect. Okay. Not a shock there. Not a surprise. I figured, you know, the, 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 the uh, twist in this one was, I, I, I verified when I got home, but it okay. wasn't like a total end of the game twist. So I, I kind of figured it out. Obviously. Um, I made it through this film. 56 minutes. Whoa. Whoa. That's pretty high, man. I'm not. So, uh, are we, are we doing this, uh, prices right style? Or I think we go prices right. I think okay. we go prices right. So if you go, well, over you know here. what? We'll do both. We'll do both. Okay. We're, the giveaway is a shout out. So, right. like, you know, what is it? Like? <laughs> if we go prices right style, then the winner is, uh, one Higgy Smalls. 47 minutes was her guess. Okay. But, Hig- but the That's actual it. closest guess was our friend Mason Merritt who, uh, who guessed 57 minutes. So okay. he was right, right on there. Just, just one minute over. So Mason. close. Good job. To a perfect score in which we would have had to send him thousands of dollars, but thank goodness he just missed by one minute. Wow, what stuff. did it in for you then? Nothing, just stuff to do. You know, <laughs> life's, had a life's, life's very short, and I, there's two kind of walkouts. There's the Green Lantern um, disgust, you know, and then there are ones where I could st- I mean, I'm not artistically offended by the film, but, you know, I'm only going to live on this planet, God willing, 75-ish years. And as I get older, I start really valuing that time. And unless I'm pretty into it, I'm I'm bailing at a certain point. Fifty six minutes—that's more than I thought. To be honest with you, I, like, it a, I was I mean, close to leaving after about car, minutes. So you know, from door door of my car to door of my car, the entire experience <laughs> about an hour, and not not bad. I also walked in a couple minutes late, <laughs> so I did. Uh, but I did catch everything. I just like missed the whole trailer scene. It was perfect. It was actually one of my better plans because <laughs> when I know I'm walking out, I'm like, I'm not going to sit here for 20 minutes and watch a right. bag of popcorn dance with a drink. You know, <laughs> I like I like the trailers. I like seeing. I trailers like trailers on the big too, screen. but I didn't horror movie trailers. It's like I'm yeah, not going to see a different it thing. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Wow, that's actually impressive. So let's yeah. talk about the movie. Uh, oh, by I, the so, way, I'm just going to go ahead and give my grade A plus. No, <laughs> but I'm I'm you joke, Richard. But I'm sensing a positive vibe from from Brian and and you. Is well, that correct? I would advise you to reconsider that. <laughs> I would say bit. positive is pretty strong. I <laughs> yeah. think 
I think it is. If if you made me, if you if you did great movie or greatest movie, I mean, I'd say great movie. But if you made me compare it to After Earth, Last Airbender, The Happening, or Lady in the Water, I would say greatest film great movie. <laughs> greatest oh wow, movie. really? But, but uh, I'm not. I'm. I can. I can. I don't want to spoil, but I can tell you, I'm not. Uh, I'm not super high on this film. It will probably still make my bottom ten. Let's not. Let's be real. <laughs> Well, I we might. are we are doing a review of the movie, Brian. So you can okay. you can discuss the your fe- true feelings. I don't, Brian. Like to I give would the don't let him pressure yeah. you, dude. Don't, don't give the grade, but no, let's uh, get into specifics no, here. I got I got nothing to say. No, I'm gonna hold it. I don't want to spoil. it. <laughs> no, can we, I'll start. The kids were awful. Awful. <laughs> that kills awful. a lot of the movie. Right. Yeah. Right. In that. Absolutely. I texted you guys uh, five minutes into the movie. Like, I want these kids to die. Like, I really hope they meet a gruesome fate. Yeah, the kids were terrible, and they did. And it was <laughs> yeah, as soon, when that kid started rapping, I almost walked out. Like I was that angry about it. I got messed up with a killer who's truly insane. I will try not to refrain, try to overcome my pain, because one day it will get me my fame. Like Freddie said, getting shot and being lame. You see, I gotta die, but show. There was basically ten minutes of just rap. Yeah, of yeah that kid. for no reason. <laughs> it went on way too long. Like, oh my gosh, maybe 25 seconds would have been funny. That was, um, I have a clip on my phone of over a minute of the rap. Um, Gosh, yeah, that was that was great. No, that that was awful. That was such a cringe. That's that's legendarily cringy, M. Night. I don't know what he was thinking with that. I mean, that that almost like if you didn't have that kid or that rap in there, maybe a different kind of character there. Uh, the girl character is way better than the boy character, uh, and that's not saying a lot. But that kid was yeah. At was least bad. she was a decent actress. Her character yeah. was written horribly, but she was she was not a a a bad performer. I would say. M Night's just like man. We're so glad we got the right kids. So glad, <laughs> yeah. like you know, it's finally uh, you know first because that'll make or break your film. Exactly. Gosh. Oh man. At some point, maybe we just need to like start as a society. <laughs> what if we just did a thing where in movies no one was under the age of eighteen, and we just like hung a sign on them or something that said Peter, age twelve, and we're just like, yeah, but it's Robert De Niro, but it's fine, but he's playing a twelve-year-old because he can act, so it's it's better that way. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, he's stuck here. M Night is, in the fact that the his the plot of his movie is these kids going to their grandparents' house, right, making a documentary, and no no kids like over the age of eighteen or you know young no, adults it, would do that because I, it seems I like totally, such a childish thing to do. Let's make a movie about going to grandma's right. house. You know, it's I like, totally agree. I'm just saying, anytime you the entire film revolves around a child, you are really <laughs> risking some. Well, it's M. Night, and he uh, had an Academy Award nominated yes, actor. Yes, exactly. And that's maybe that's part of his issue yeah. is because like, every single movie he's done since then has had a prominently featured child, and none of them have been good. So, great. That's a good awesome. point. Since Abigail science. Breslin was good. Yeah, yeah the, the Culkin kid and, and Breslin were, were, were both very good. But Breslin, pretty much was, Breslin was the good in her yeah. youth. She was really always pretty reliable. She's a, she was a much better actress at 11 than she is <laughs> 17. <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, where did it go wrong for you, Richard? Uh, okay, so I'm a big Katherine Hahn fan, so always excited to see her. Yeah. Um, and so the, I'm going to throw something nice in there. I 
pretty much hated everyone else in the film. So the minute anyone <laughs> was not on screen that was not Catherine Hahn, <laughs> I was kind of out. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not very long. She's no. only for <laughs> at the beginning, right. and uh, when she sends her kids off to Grandma's house. Yep. Uh, I, I will give M. Night credit for going back to his roots here uh, a tad, yes. not only genre-wise, but setting-wise. Uh, Signs is often praised because it's uh, set in such a small, isolated setting of yes. the uh, the yes. house, the farmhouse, the farm itself. You know, there's no neighbors. No one can see what's happening except them. Right. And, you know, they get that little escape midway through the movie when they go into town and right. everyone's sort of experiencing the same thing as they are. And, and But then they go back to the house and then it gets really suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Right. Same kind of thing here. Going to Grandma's house and the whole basically, uh, I, I guess, middle frame of the movie, more than middle frame, uh, you know, the meat of the movie is all spent in this house. Sure. And, and so I, I can see what he was doing there and uh, in returning to his roots a bit. Uh, but yeah. the execution here is just really poor. I, yeah. I don't understand the the found footage appeal or yeah, feel here. Uh, yeah. He worked alongside with the Paranormal Activity uh, producers, I believe, in formulating this and and uh, maybe I guess executing the budgeting for this. I don't know. This is a five million dollar movie, guys. We're not we're not talking about a big budget bomb here. Um, and it, right. it made it was it's it's made thirty million dollars already, so it's. A success as far as M Night goes, but yeah, um, but I don't understand the found footage thing because I prefer you go all out if you're going to do that. You go the Blair Witch route or you go the Paranormal Activity route and really make it found footagey. But this was a found footage film that was professionally shot, like with high definition cameras and uh, sure and you know great audio and I everything. I was about to say those kids must have a heck of a camera. No, it's not right. only the camera, but it's the audio is the other yeah. thing. Like, the, yeah. the sound was very out there and real in this movie. The sound effects and the creepy sounds and everything that you get in normal horror movies. But, I mean, it's also found footage, so you can't make it too real because then it doesn't seem real. And it just was weird. And, you know, he probably realized, he's like, I, cannot, I can't do this standard, uh, you know, one camera because it just wouldn't work at all if, you know, if any. Uh, with that feel, so he kind of had to have the had to have the uh, found footage. But my my roommate who who came and saw it with me said that the reason that it was found footage, but it looks decent, is because these kids are so well to do and astute, and they know how to work a camera like more than a normal person would, or something like like she like for example, the girl is you know into obviously like avid video editing and like professional stuff like. She's a very serious hobby in this, so maybe that's like his explanation for here's why it looks kind of good, but it's also still kind of found footage. Oh, because this girl is a film student, you know. Like it was just kind of a weird thing, and and yeah. it, it it wasn't shot well at all. I want to say that like it kind of made me sick at times. It looked yeah. bad at times, like purposely out of focus and like out of frame. And and uh, I know that was on purpose to make it more real, but it just didn't work for me. The whole you know, production aspect of what they were going for. Just, just the point of view they were coming from, what really kind of weirded me out. But yeah, I think that found footage as a whole, I'm not saying that you can't do it right because I think Chronicle is a great example of, of what you can do with that type of, you know, that style of shooting. But I do think that when you, when it's not done perfectly or when it feels extra MacGuffin-y, which I felt like this, this one did, pretty much the entire thing like the entire 
premise of them shooting the documentary just felt so false that um, I think if you don't do it well, it immediately before I've seen two minutes of the movie, it knocks you down two grades. You know, like it's just like an immediate. This is poorly done. It started off pretty well for me, uh, at least. Uh, uh, cinematography and everything like the opening credits were really cool and the way M Knight's you know name appeared out the window was kind of you mm. know cinematic and everything I was like oh this kind of this kind of interesting and then they do the scene where I mean it just goes all downhill from there and and it it really disappointed me because like you said uh Richard earlier he's had a good you know I think his earlier work uh, is very has exercises great cinematic technique like early yeah. spielberg you know yeah. type stuff Meets like with this kind of like you know he has good instincts but he's not all the way there yet yeah like, sure but i mean it's just not i mean he did he didn't grow at all i think he's declined if anything yeah he's regressed from big a time. technique standpoint yeah i agree oh but the writing here was bad too you know this kind of fails on both levels yep. um he really tries to make this kid hip and cool and fun and it just Ugh. fails like and you can so tell it's dated. an adult writing yeah you can yeah. tell it's an adult writing his lines uh and well, references the stuff that were that was popular five years ago like it, it's just so really Brian, i have to ask painful. is is your son dom is he rapping yet <laughs> i mean not freestyle but just like early tupac stuff mostly <laughs> okay cool cool yeah. cool <laughs> <laughs> you're you're saying that uh oh snap that's a little candy for the ladies wasn't yes. a w- improvised line like Lo- lots M. of Night stuff that like one? that where you're like really dude like that i would be embarrassed to say that line and i'm 32 years old and <laughs> super white so and not cool not cool at all and i am fine with that you know but i would i would be i would be uncomfortable saying that line like really man we can't liven this up a little bit get a little fresher no okay snap mm. okay i mean that there's a lot. You're, you're right, Kent. This is a. I think it's a really poorly written uh, screen. Laughable. At, it's, laughable. it's borderline like panderingly offensive. Yes, in yes. some areas. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. You know, the at least as far as the dialogue goes, some of the plotting is is fine, but the the interactions with human beings not good. I mean, it, maybe he's to me. You know, my theory with Zemeckis is that he doesn't understand humans, and maybe that's part of the deal with with. Shyamalan as well is that he just doesn't he's not quite in touch with with uh, reality or humanity to be able it's, to it's 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 crazy to say that because the first two movies were yep. so humane I know it, and it, and so it doesn't make any sense yeah. it doesn't make any sense that this is that the same person who gave us those three or four movies also gave us these last five or six, five movies or whatever I it's mean as it, if it Spielberg gave us sense. pixels like it's yes. that it's that yes. weird it's, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It, That's great. It's, Kent. That's really good. <laughs> it's shocking that somebody can regress over the course of their career like this. Yeah. I'm just thinking about pixels with just a lot of heart. Yeah. Got a lot of heart. To a it. Steven Spielberg production. And an animal that dies. Yeah. At some point. yeah. But hey, John Williams scored the crap out of that. So. <laughs> yeah. It to me, this felt like a movie that. This should have been like if this was made by a first time director, I think I would come out saying, I don't really care for this and I don't think it's necessarily a good movie, but I see how this guy could make a good film, you know? And you shouldn't have those kinds of issues and flaws and, and technique screw ups on your what is this, twelfth movie, thirteenth movie? I mean, that <laughs> that shouldn't be happening at this point. 
I think he might need to go the way of the Wachowskis and just do Netflix. Just sign a yeah. five-picture deal with Netflix. You, well, you know what the best thing is that he's done in a decade was the pilot for Wayward Pines. That's a yeah. really tight, really strongly directed uh, hour of television. And that whole series was pretty good, and it, it, it kind of wavered down the stretch. That was a big – that was a recommend for me this summer, and it, it got worse kind of like episode to episode. But the first episode was really good, and he directed that. He was a producer on it. That was – if he's not going to go straight horror, that's that's where he needs to go. Is um, finding a way to, to finding people who are better than he is and producing their work and just throwing his name on it or, or whatever. Um, you said Brian that you were you looked down multiple times with your at your phone. Yeah, uh, yeah. you were creeped out. Yeah. So this movie worked on you from a horror standpoint. To, to a from a I wouldn't even say from a horror standpoint. I would say from the the cheap jump out of your seat thing that that I'm okay. I I readily admit I am well that's extremely. what a lot of the that's what a yeah, lot I'm of this is I'm super jumpy for, too Brian I'm, so. I'm very susceptible to that because I don't Same. see a lot of these movies and even when I can see it's coming really what it is is I can see what's what's about to happen and so I kind of I throw my eyes down because I don't I don't want the one that got me was the the grandma jumping up at the camera in uh, yeah that, that in the way. night that was a really because it wasn't just that she jumped up it was the the look of sheer horror on her face that like, ah, like kind of made me, made me freak. And that, you know, I mean, it was like one of those things where you go and you like find what's wrong with the picture and then a face appears. Yeah. On, yeah. Totally, exactly. Prank thing. Exactly. <laughs> it was just yeah. that. Yeah. And I, and I don't know that that's good. Gosh, the first one of those pissed me off so bad. Yeah, yeah, like those in were 2002 yeah. when someone yeah. sent me that. Did you like punch somebody because you're <laughs> yeah. so angry? Yeah. yeah. Just, my nose is just on the monitor, like yeah. a big cube monitor, right? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I and knew then, a guy. I knew a guy on my dorm hall my freshman year in college who like broke his hand on a monitor because he just punched it when that thing popped up. Just freaked out so hard and just smashed the monitor. Monitor and so uh, you know that's what you do and when you go to a school that has a curfew. So don't go to a college that has a curfew, kids. Um, but no, this is like they, there's moments that make you that made me jump, and I I just don't I don't like not sleeping and I don't like being terrorized when I'm at the movies. Um, and so when I could see those things coming, I mean, there's definitely an element of uh, again I don't know that I would call it horror, but th- but there's a there's a terror element to this for sure. And he was successful in that, but I don't know that that's super difficult to do. There's a lot of crappy horror movies that are successful at making people like me jump out of their seat, you know? Yeah. Richard. Yeah. So I'm exactly with Brian and that's like the part of the horror. I I don't get freaked out by like intellectual stuff, but I'm just a jumpy uh, person. And so like jump scares, just they work on me and then they annoy me because I'm like, that was so stupid. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people that you can tell me I'm about to grab you and scream in your face and I will still be like, ah, when you do, like, I'm just very jumpy. So that's one of the main reasons I'm not a huge horror guy because that's just annoying to sit there, right. you know, with that feeling in my, I get it in my arms. It's like someone it. constantly playing a prank on you. Yeah. It like, just makes my teeth Awesome. Hurt. Thanks. It makes my like, teeth hurt. And I'm just sitting there with my teeth hurting in my arms. I'm like, well, this isn't yeah. enjoyable. And like, I'm yeah. not freaked out by the, you know, the devil in it. I'm just freaked out by stuff jumping at me i jump in movies that aren't even scary because they'll have a loud noise i just have really weird hearing and so uh it's all it's all it's a long story so uh so that that was the least enjoyable part for me was the 
waiting on all the jump scares, but uh, that's fine. I mean, I get that that's the amusement park ride part. Like, you know, I, I like roller coasters, but some people don't. And that, you know, the inverse is true there. Um, They just don't like the feeling in their stomach. I don't like the feeling in my teeth when I watch jump scare movies. Um, But, uh, but yeah, it was, it it was, uh, it felt very, Brian, you, you really hit it well when you said it felt like a, a director with some potentials first movie. Sure. Um, in the horror genre, yeah, it do- it does. It felt uh, it felt uh, very. I don't want to say amateurish, but you know, it was ex- enthusiastic, which is cool from a guy that's directed ten movies. Right. But it was also a little too much, so right. And yeah, the I, like, did he write this script? Did he like listen to Big Willie style and write this script <laughs> two thousand and one? Or like yes. <laughs> understand yes. why? Yeah, maybe he did After Earth, and he was like, "Oh, you rap well." And Will's like, "Yeah, I'll get you one of my records." And he gives me <laughs> yeah. a big Willie style. <laughs> and M Night's like, "You ever been to Miami? This is the anthem. This vibes. <laughs> Check out the song I wrote for my son. He's thirty now, or whatever." <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but uh, it's a uh, it's it's a weird movie. I it's it's a weird one. The podcast because. It's any other time of the year we don't cover this movie. It just fell at a, at a good time, and the, yeah. the 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 pains of democracy order us to talk about it. It's it's hard to really have too much thought on it because it's just kind of bad, but not like angry. Yeah. It's not Fantastic Four bad. It's just kind of sure. sucks. It's a, yeah. Uh, people will say, and I know that the criticism we would get would be, you're not realizing what it's trying to be it's trying to be campy horror and i understand that and so i can say that it succeeds at that but the setup and the execution is so poor yeah the setup especially with the family and the kids i mean it's just i think this would have worked with adults and the same kind of oh honey we're getting engaged oh i've never met my grandparents let's go visit them for a weekend You know, but you, there you but go. But you probably couldn't do found footage that way. Exactly. Either. And you couldn't do it single camera because then it would feel just, weird. Yeah. Just just don't do the found footage. Like, yeah. find a way to, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but who it's, raps? It's such a cheesy element. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. what you were saying earlier, though. It seems like it on on a sheet of paper, if you wrote out everything, twist included. Right, yeah. And, and said, here's my treatment for a movie. Give me $5 million. Somebody would do it, you know, yeah. for sure. And But it's just, the, from point A to point B, it's just so convoluted and crazy that yeah exactly exactly so we should can we do move into like spoilery stuff yes so like richard did you figure out spoiler 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 they're not the uh actual grandparents they are yeah insane asylum escapees or something right right yeah yeah wow did you i mean where did you i guess well, I Is just knew it was something going to be something weird because of the mom's lack of interaction with them, kind right. of. Right. Sure. Was my first clue. And so I just kind of kind of guessed on that and then kind of followed up over the, you know, later on when I when I uh, yeah. got home, made sure I was correct. And I was. My deal I would tell you the, if I wasn't. My deal with the twist and he he justifies this in the sixth sense and in like say uh, the village more so than he would in something like signs. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to go in on a twist, you need to go all in the village style. You know, you don't, 
I mean, the signs is way less. Oh, well, it was swing away, uh, swing away. It's yeah. swing away. Oh, there was it was water the whole time. That's why right. the girl was talking about water. You know, the whole thing. And it's it's less of a twist and more of a wrapping up of the story. This one felt more that like that than less of a twist or an explanation of how this could have happened. Right. And I mean, the village twist, first time I saw it, I was like, holy crap, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I really twist. like that. You know, twist. just at the, I, I've probably only watched it one or two more times since I've seen it because it's a twist. Like you, you can't really view it the same way, knowing what yeah. you know now. Yeah. And that's fine. Uh, there are movies like, I don't know, Apollo 13, for example, like you knew what was going to happen to begin with, but you still will watch it even though you know what's going right. to happen. You know, you know, they're going to make it back or whatever, but you still, every time you watch it, you, you, you wonder, you're like, well, maybe there's a chance it doesn't come back to earth, you know, like sure. the anticipation is there, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this one didn't, it worked from a horror movie standpoint, but not from a yeah. M night Shyamalan yeah. twist standpoint. Does that make yeah. sense? Like it was very yeah, typical. Absolutely. You, you know what? This would have made a, it, this would have made a great episode of like the twilight zone or black mirror or sure. something like yeah. that. Like that, it would have been a great 42 minute X files or something, you know, but, the, but that twist, I don't think it equals out to an hour and a half movie where we've just been kind of, well, it was, it really was only 42 minutes of that. And the rest was all rapping from the kids. So. <laughs> yeah, Good. Okay. Just well, I got the soundtrack. So yeah. I'll, I'll LP that worth of rap. Yeah. Gosh. What if you got the original soundtrack on vinyl of this? You're like, Oh, really cool horror music. And it's just that kid <laughs> on there. I paid 80 bucks for this. It's custom artwork. Uh, I ordered it from Japan. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else that we have on this? I thought it was creepy at times. The, the yeah. Underneath the house, when they were crawling under the house, was pretty creepy at the beginning. Yeah. Um, that lady was very creepy. I, they, You know, he went for – you said, Richard, that jump scares don't work on you. He went for more intellectual horror here with the discovery of the diapers and all that really weird, like, dark, twisted stuff that he yeah. throws in there just to say, oh, I'm – highbrow horror now because you know the human centipedes and hostels of the world have you know mm-hmm. brought us that kind of horror but it doesn't really work i see kind of homages to kubrick with the naked grandma and stuff like he had in the shining you know kind of really weird twisted like did i are they dreaming well, like, are yeah, they dreaming that or like is this kind of yeah, I don't know what could is that a ghost? Like, what's happening here? It just kind of makes you think more, like why that would be occurring. So he tried to bring a lot into this, and I respect that, but um, but it's not done well. So it yeah it falls flat. I, he needs to find out what he's good at because well, it might yeah. be thrillers. It's not straight horror because this doesn't worry. It's not sci-fi because After Earth, you know, it's like he's trying his trying all his interests. Mm-hmm. It needs yeah, to just good, find. He's good at being creepy, but not. He need he definitely needs to stop writing <laughs> or like here's a treatment somebody go write this that actually knows how to write a movie cuz he doesn't he just doesn't know how to do it anymore and uh, may I don't know maybe he never did maybe he had like some unspoken yeah, I mean, help. Maybe he ghost wrote those raps. So, I mean, there's, <laughs> do like, wow, uh, this is way more well received than I thought it would be. I didn't think it would be 60% on. Yeah. Tomatoes. yeah it's, it's well, I think because job. context makes your reality, right? I think sure. Considering it's not the happening people are like, yeah, it's not that bad, but it's not good. It's just in a vacuum. It sucks. But when right. you have the, pers- you know, when you have the uh, perspective of the other films, then, Suddenly, yeah. it's like, eh, 
Is that yeah. right? I know. I know our guy Fee said it was pretty good. So you know, I, I in, get, in the context of horror, it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you come out saying, you know, that was a that was an okay movie, that that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I just think there, there can always, I don't know, with Shyamalan, you just feel like, dude, you are capable of really good stuff. I, I think, I think you're still unless. Unless it's a different person or something. Like, I, I think you can do That's these That's the things, ultimate but... twist ending. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe he's just living out one of his own movies. Maybe it's a documentary or something. But I don't know. It's it, this is. I don't think this is a good movie. And I don't know that it's particularly good even just within the context of horror movie. But but hey, it's a, it's a step in the right direction from the last five movies he's done. Let's hit a grade. I'm going to give this a C. Uh, not a D. It's a passable effort from Mr. Shyamalan. Uh, Brian. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I'll see C minus somewhere in that range. I think, uh, it's, it's not good. I don't ever, I definitely don't ever want to see it again. Um, but we've definitely seen much worse movies, both from Shyamalan and from this year. So I, yeah, I think a C is fair. C, C minus. Mr. Barton. My name is Richard, and from what I see, I'm going to have to give this a straight D. D as in dog, boy. That's how I flow. Reffing <laughs> every day. That's how I go. Barton, out. Nice. Boom. Nice. Well, which, let's send that cut to Shyamalan, and maybe you can be in his next film. I just laid down some hot tracks, guys. <laughs> oh, snap. Real, really slick. Really yeah. slick. Kanye is sampling that next time around. Huh? Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. All right, well, let's uh, hit a recommend. Weekly recommends. I'm going to make mine short and sweet. Uh, last week tonight with John Oliver on HBO. It's fantastic. I can't believe we haven't talked about it on the show. Have you all been watching? I, I watch d- it quite often. I do not watch regularly, but I catch the bits every week or two. It's incredibly it's good. good. It's yes. very, very, very good, actually. And it makes Jon Stewart being gone not so sad anymore, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's interesting because, you know, he filled in for Jon when he directed his movie. Uh, when Jon Stewart directed his movie. He filled in for Jon on The Daily Show for like three months or something like that yeah. uh, a couple years ago. And he said his offers were coming at him left and right. Everyone wanted him to do a show. And Comedy Central didn't give him a contract didn't you know wrap him up and you know here he is at hbo and now comedy central you know trevor noah will do great i'm sure but i mean 
the uh, the <laughs> Daily Show would have been, and they knew it would have been good with with Oliver because he did such a good job filling in. But uh, luckily, it lives on HBO, and it can be as long as it wants and say whatever it wants, and no one really cares. So that right. has that advantage. But uh, but yeah, go watch it. All right. Okay, on the late night theme, very quickly, first week of Colbert, what'd you guys think? Very strong. Good. Yeah, I saw, I didn't see it every night. I watched two or three of the four, and I, yeah, it was, it was good. It was his, good. his Jeb Bush uh, interview was yeah. great. His Joe Biden interview was very, very good. Yeah, I would say and, the Biden interviews the moment, I think. Yeah, was, and uh, I was like tearing up during that thing. He's God. had an interesting guest. He had the Uber CEO on, which was interesting. Uh, Elon Musk. Like a, who is not a fun person to talk to, but a, a good idea to bring somebody like Elon Musk on the show. And the musical performances have been actually very good as well. He, it, I was wondering if he would, you know, dance and sing and try to do the Fallon thing, and he does, but he doesn't. He, he says he no. says he does it in a different way, but he said, you know, he talked to Johnny Carson or something about it at one time um, a while ago, and, or Jimmy had told, or Johnny had told Jimmy or something. That like the show is so hungry that you just have to feed it. Every ability you have in your body, you will give to the show. It you know, you'll give you all you have. So that's why Jimmy does all he does because he you know he's just trying to do as much as he possibly can yep. to make two hundred show two hundred you know? episode two hundred hours a year. You know, yeah, you got to pull out all the stops. You know, and I think Colbert does that, but in a different, not gimmicky. Like Jimmy does it like. Okay. Oh, Neil Young's gonna come on. Well, I'm gonna do a Neil Young impression in front of Neil Young. You know, kind of like yeah, really kind of weird. And he does it not to be funny, but like to see look how good I am at impersonating Neil Young. You know, and it's kind of he doesn't like do a parody song. He'll do like one of Neil's songs in front of him and stuff. It's kind of really kind of weird. And he, Mick Colbert, you know, lets the artists be themselves and. And yeah. from what I've seen, so that's... I think in the the thing I like about Colbert and, and Grammy, he has the benefit of seeing someone else do it. Um, but the mistake, and we were on this early, that Myers made was trying to convert a desk gig to yes. a stand up gig. And Colbert is actually much better than Myers at standing up in front of the crowd. But still, he's so freaking good behind a desk. I'm so, so he glad comes he out. had that from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he comes out. He does it. like three kind of jokes. He tells you who's going to be on the show. He does a quick joke on each one of them and then hits that desk. Like it's the quickest yeah. monologue out there, and uh, well, it's really smart. He just he stayed true to himself. That's the thing. We we yeah. were texting about it during the first episode, and I I'm just it's a it's a compliment to him, but it's also a huge compliment to CBS, which we don't do too much of on this yeah. show because that's not really our network. But um, I'm the biggest Conan fan in the world, and when he got to uh, the Tonight Show. You could tell there was such a dissonance between what he is and what he wanted to do and what he felt like he had to do for this night show. And because of that, there was no identity on that show. And that's partly on Conan, but it's also partly on the network not supporting who Conan O'Brien was. And I felt like that first episode of this show was such a an immediate indicator of like, hey, this is the stuff I do. And if the ratings aren't that great for the first year i i don't think cb cbs isn't going to care because cbs is committed to him and that's just such that was what made me i mean i don't have time for another late night show or any late night shows but that was what made me um more interested in in you know in colbert's show than anything else is just that like he's going to get to do some really offbeat weird things because that's what he wants to do and cbs is backing him on it 
It reminded me so much of that old Conan show. The yeah, first absolutely. One. It was absolutely. like I almost it was eerie, which you know, yeah, for us was was huge. And like, yeah, the fact that he talks about some cursed orb, you know, on the first episode yes, of a the, show, the, the he does amulet was. I thought that bit was hilarious, and and it was really odd, but it. I thought it was a, that's like show me what you're gonna do. Is that the kind of the comedy you're gonna do? Great, yeah. Do it and own it. And he was that was awesome. And he's a heck of a performer. Gosh, he's yeah. he's a talented guy. Yeah. It was very cool. I've enjoyed it. Uh, what's your recommend, Brian? Yeah, I'm gonna keep with kind of the horror theme and uh, or a thriller anyway. I read a I read a book which doesn't get to happen very often. When did you learn how to read? I know. Well, I finally got my GED, and uh, so <laughs> congratulations. No, <laughs> uh, I read a book by Neil Gaiman, who I is like him. He's one cool. of those people that like I'm totally aware of who he is, but I don't think that I had ever actually sat down and read any of his work. And I'm I'm well into a couple of his other works now because I was super impressed with this one. It's his most recent book. It's called The Ocean at the okay. End of the Lane. Uh, I audio booked it. And uh, and he read it himself, which I always love. And he was such an eloquent speaker and yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, just it's got to be so great from a voice standpoint to be British. That's just yeah, the best. Um, not teeth wise, but uh, but but voice wise, just fantastic. Anyway, it's a it's an easy read. It's like I don't know, two hundred fifty pages. Um, it's it's kind of uh, I guess fantasy thriller a little bit of horror mixed in like i was pretty like my heart was racing a couple times just listening to the the more uh horrific uh parts of the of the book i don't really feel like i need to describe it just just uh if you're if you find a copy you can pick it up it's very it's very very good and like i said it's like a six hour you know audio book i think was seven hours long so it's a really quick read and uh, i quite enjoyed it i'm i've been picking up uh all of his other work now because that kind of got me very interested in his his writing. So Stardust is great. Um, good Omens is really good. And uh, I'm trying to think. No, I've read three. I'm trying to remember what the third is. Oh, Coraline. Fantastic. Okay. I just started reading uh, Neverwhere. That was the one. Neverwhere I want. That's the one about the underground one. London, right? Yeah. And I've, he has the... That's been um, wishlisted on me for like five Yeah, years. yeah. He's got a... One of his books is is a stars series in the making which i don't have stars and never really have cared oh, yeah. but american gods i think is what that one's called yeah being that one was big it. um so, this i i'm not a comic book guy but i know his sandman right. like, sandman stuff yeah he like, it's a very good like i was i was very impressed by his no he I is he's prose more than anything he's, else he's kind of and it's good. the british thing right because they always yes. sound better than right. us but it's the his ability to kind of blend the genre of the sci-fi yes. or horror, whatever he's doing, with it, a literary sensibility. Also, yes. interesting, he writes everything freehand. Oh, well, that's cool. In, like, I this like creepy that. office. He lives in, like, outside of Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's like one of those uh, weird... odd. Yeah. 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 It's just, I like to think he lives next door to Prince, and they just, like, <laughs> they pass each other in their weird cars on, like, a cul-de-sac yes. and just a yeah. knowing nod. Yeah, Vincent Carthizer's up there, too. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just hanging out. Hanging out. Getting windsurfing in the summer, <laughs> yeah, inside in the winter. That's, well, cool. Yeah, that's no awesome. TVs. Any other house? Game no TVs. Yeah. Well, well Brian, cool. where can we find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill twelve. You can find my writing occasionally at madaboutmoviespodcast dot com. Richard, where can we find you? You can. F- I have a weekly recommend too. If you guys are interested. Oh yeah. Oh, we skipped you. Yeah. Take it's that. Cool. I thought it was Colbert. My bad. 
No, it's what I just asked. Whatever. I mean, it's cool. I don't have to do it. No, I've been watching a lot of documentaries lately, and uh, there's one on iTunes. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix, but it's 99 cents right now. iTunes is having a big documentary sale uh, called The Magician, and it's the uh, it's about it's about Orson Chris Welles. Angel. Oh, no, okay. it's about uh, the complete career of Orson Welles, and uh, Orson Welles is a titan, and uh, it's a name that people from our generation tend to know, but not really know that much about. Give it an hour and a half of your time. It's uh, it's the you know this guy was directing Shakespeare at fourteen. First film he ever made was a movie called Citizen Kane. Um, <laughs> Never and, heard of it. Yeah, yeah. and then totally kind of went you know became a kind of a character actor for a long time because no one let him direct movies because he got kind of weird. He got obscenely overweight, uh, and but you know continued to do a lot of great acting. He's he's kind of one of these weird and and became kind of the godfather of indie cinema. What I like about the movie is they spend. Six minutes on Citizen Kane, maybe. And then everything, it's treated as just like another one of his movies. And you get to go through, because that's how he saw it. And you get to go through, you know, all this other stuff he did until he died um, when he was 70. So it's a really, really cool documentary. It's really well done. Um, and uh, I, I, I recommend Check it out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, where do you, can we find you online then? You can find me on the Twitter at, uh, at Richard Barden or at richardbarden.com. And you can find our podcast at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Kent, where would I find you? You can find me on Twitter at uh, Kent Garrison and find our show on iTunes and on our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. If you like what you hear, leave us five stars. And if you hate us, just don't listen to the show because you don't have to. <laughs> Interesting. A lot of the people that a lot of the people that hate us or hate on us uh, say, you know, I've listened to forty episodes and I just don't understand. Well, don't listen to forty if you don't like us. Uh, Not forcing your arm here. It's free show. Now there is a judge in uh, Central Connecticut that does use our show as punishment for some small misdemeanors. So those people, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it on. Well, on that note, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya-ya Salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 